0: All right, we're going to have Scott and Kathy Sproul give us a, an update. I did, would mention that we do, as always, if we have a missionary show up, hopefully they come. We've been blessed with missionaries, but we'll have a basket in the back for a love offering.
1: Indeed, it was a joy to, to point out. Um, so we have here our sons, Michael. And Andrew. And, Andrew. And a special guest with us today is uh, Joan Frank, who is Andrew's girlfriend joining us. Um, they both attend Colorado Christian University in, outside of Denver. And so I was pointing out to Joan, I said, look at this wall. You see all these missionaries? This church supports all of these people. And it is truly amazing um, what you guys do and it is always a joy to be uh, here again and so we just want to share just a very brief uh, word so why don't you start and I'll wrap up
2: okay so um, I'm going to share a little bit about the prayer ministry Uh, if you get our letters you know transformational prayer and prayer in general is um, a big part of uh, what I kind of what I lead out in in terms of what we do and we do a lot of different things um, so over the course of COVID, I haven't been physically with you, I don't think, since COVID, have I? Since COVID started? Was I here?
1: Yeah, I think I was here
2: in May. Okay. So I told you a little bit about what happened during COVID with that online transformational prayer course at that time. And, um, so since then we have re-upped, we're going to do the online course again this spring. So there are new countries signing up, um, And the names of some of which we can't name, like somebody signed up yesterday and when he put, there was a place like, what country are you coming from? And he wrote the word dune, meaning sand dune, right? So he's probably over in the Middle East somewhere and isn't going to write the name of his country. So there are people in pretty far out places that can participate because they use a virtual private network and can kind of hide their identity and they can come online And that's places I'd probably, many places, I would never go. Already there have been 47 countries impacted, and there are more signing up for the spring, which is just mind-bogglingly amazing. In the end of May and to the beginning of June, I hope to go to another secure location that I can't mention on the stream, taking a team of 10 people. And because the location is... um, It's not possible to do religious activity, a conference like that. It's illegal to do it. So recruiting a couple of business people. So we will have a a business talk at the beginning of the morning and another business talk in the beginning of the afternoon with actual business people that know what they're doing. I am not a business person. I'm a professional missionary. right? So they're coming, but they're going to have banners up all over the place that say business conference. And we will be sitting in little small groups with little discussion guides. And if anybody comes knocking, we'll say parakeet. And they'll jump up and they're giving their business lecture and we're talking about business. So um, you can pray for us, pray for our security. This is now, they have been waiting. This country has been waiting five years. We have had to cancel it twice, during the once, once a year ago May and once this previous September. Um, so uh, please do pray that it could happen <laughs> this time. That would be a great focus of your prayers. 30th of May through the 6th of June. I think I'll stop there. Okay. So thank you for your prayers a lot.
1: And really, we continue to see what 15 years ago, I'm guessing, uh, Kathy and I looked at each other and we said, this feels like a wave of God's spirit. Do we want to surf this thing or let it pass? And we've been surfing it uh, all this time, and so God knows the desires of our hearts, and often He gives them to us as well. And I'll just share this brief story. There's a woman; she is on staff with Crew, as her husband is, and they were overseas uh, for many years, but they were returning to the United States, and were looking for a good place to minister. And the husband had his new work set, but the wife was wondering, but. She, she knew what she would love to do, which was be involved in this type of prayer ministry. But she didn't dare dream that it would be possible even within the confines of organization. But so she reached out and got in touch with our director uh, of saying, hey, would it might It might be possible to do some of what you're doing. She knew that our team does work with uh, globally and even sending missionaries overseas and caring for them. And and she said, and by the way, I'm interested in prayer. And he said, well, you know, what you should do is talk to Scott and Kathy. They're on my team and they're doing stuff like that. So we began talking with her and as she tells this story, one day she was at home. She lives in Texas. We're in Colorado. She's in and, and she's she's crying. And she has like a five-year-old or a three-year-old, something like this, a uh, child. And the child came up and said, Mommy, Mommy, what's the matter? Why are you crying? And she said, "I'm just, These are tears of joy because I didn't ever think God would let me minister in the way that I wanted to. Of fulfill the joy of my heart because we had been in conversation with her and just said, yes, we would love to have you join our team. Even though you're in Texas, we'll do as much as we can. We'll connect virtually. We'll try to do things, uh, uh, on go on trips together. And so she is joining our team. Uh, we have her, there's a, a 72 or 73, 75 year, 75 year old 75. woman that has traveled with the world with Kathy and will continue to do so. She lives closer to us in Colorado and, uh, another we 're having a couple other people join us um, to consider new partnerships in parts of Africa, um, not just only in prayer but uh, it, God is doing some weird things that we we didn 't plan but uh, nor schedule, but God is putting people and creating circumstances opening doors for us to uh, not only continue to work and Central Asia and some of the Middle East, but now areas of Africa, interestingly all of enough. of Yeah, including actually all of Africa, that there's an open door to see what God has in store. So uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. We know this is a hard time uh, with COVID. It's it's hard ministry locally, it's hard to do it overseas, but he's continuing to open doors and we are, are continuing to try to, to be faithful to walk through those. So thank you for your involvement in what, uh, what we're doing, your partners with us. And uh, so thank you very much for your faithfulness, your prayers, and your giving.
2: Yeah, I'll just, I'll put it, a little tag on the end of what Scott shared. So we we're getting together in person with this lady from Texas for our first little conference. Um, so we we're doing a retreat for several days. So I was planning for this, this elderly lady, Je- Pat, Jessica, Scott, and I. We're going to get together, talk about prayer, talk about the other stuff. And within a week... There were three more people coming on, virtually joining us, and our scope went from 10 countries of PACT to all of Central Asia, all of the Middle East, and all of Africa. I'm like, wow, double the team in size, triple the scope, I like it. So, you know, the Lord is working, it's really great. So, thanks for your prayers, keep it up, and um, yeah, if you have prayer requests or whatever, please... Uh, be in contact with us i love to pray it's my main job is to pray so please keep those requests coming would love to hear about the little guy as things are going along just yeah keep in touch and mary lou does a good job of feeding me with requests so we keep praying and keep seeing miracles like miracle of the week out here you guys got all these amazing things going on so thank you so much we really love and appreciate you guys
0: thank you scott and kathy appreciate you taking time to share with us yeah josh i don't know where the clicker is anyway um but you know we're really blessed by all the missionaries and their willingness to share with us what's going on in their lives and i i hope that we are involved in in our our time of prayer uh engaged in you know prayer for them on their behalf and um that we, you know, we have a lot of missionaries, so sometimes it's hard to keep track of them. But that we know what's going on in their lives, and, and hopefully they know that we care. And so we're, we're thankful to have you here again with us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we could come before you. We thank you for Scott and Kathy, and we ask that you continue to guide and use them in a powerful way. We do ask for your protection over, over our brothers and sisters in Christ and those who are willing to kind of um, put their their lives on the line by um, reaching out, uh, by reaching out, trying to grow in their their uh, understanding of you and, and trying to grow together with other believers and trying to be engaged in, in um, praying for other believers, Lord. And, and so we ask that you would be with them, but we ask for your provision and your guidance for the crawls. Thank you for them and ask that you would... Just continue to guide them as we trust you will guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. And so I wanted to go and, and all right, uh, go over Colossians before we ended our series. Um, and when you look up here, I don't know how clearly you can see it, but here we, we, we see Colossians. And so it might be a little bit more of a Sunday school class feel for you today than a sermon, but I think it's important for us to kind of go back and get an overall view. When we look at Scripture, and as we study Scripture, it is good to do some in-depth studies, some uh, an overview study. It's good to just dig into the Word of God. And I believe not just your study time is important, but as you study over Scripture, that you spend time in prayer as you look at the Word of God. And sometimes that's... Where I grow the most. Um, But as we look at this up here, I have it in several different translations, the theme verse, and and kind of the the overarching uh, idea of Colossians is the sufficiency of Christ, that the Lord Jesus Christ is all we need. And in a time that we see today, the time, the struggle, the difficulties we face today, or maybe it's going well. For you. We all need to keep this in mind that Jesus is all that we need. And so the key verses here, and there's a lot that we could go over and we could take time and study again. You can start in Colossians 1:13, or Colossians 1:15, or, or chapter 3, 2, or 15, on and on and on. But we come back to Colossians 2, 9 and 10. And Colossians 2, 9 and 10 says in the King James. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. Who are we complete in? Jesus, right? Which is the head of all principality and power. Jesus is the king. Now, above that is the Greek, not what you would find in the original manuscripts, because it was all capitalized without any spaces. But down below we have the NASB. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete. Who are you complete in? The Lord Jesus Christ, right? And he is powerful. He is the boss. He is the king of kings, the lord of lords, right? And he is the head over all rule and authority, and then the New Living Translation. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So that first phrase or statement there in each verse, we see the reality that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. Okay. And as we studied through Colossians, we learned as in we as where we learned throughout the New Testament not only is He fully God and fully man, but He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross to bear the penalty of our sins in His body. Okay? So that we can be forgiven. And so, it goes on to say, so you also are complete through your union with Christ. And really, when you read through Colossians, that's what it's talking about. When you come to to the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. When you trust in Him, you're adopted into His family. But here in Colossians, we find that really it talks about how you were made new. You are a new man. And it goes on to talk about a lot more, right? But in Him, in that union with the Lord Jesus Christ, um, we are complete. Who is the head over every rule Ruler and authority. I lost my clicker I'm, and my guy back there to click the slide. <laughs> all right. Um next slide we look at. So when we go over all of this, I wish I had a pointer as well, but when I study something, I try to see, well, what is it talking about? Whether it's a sentence, whether it's a verse, or a paragraph, or a chapter, or the whole book, what is it talking about? And we already made the statement, we're talking about the sufficiency of Christ. And so when we look at the, the book of Colossians, well, what is it talking about? The first three words here, we look at our sufficient Savior, so the sufficiency of Christ. So an overarching theme, an overarching idea that guides um, the writer Paul And of course, right, he's inspired by God to write exactly what God wants him to write. But we see that it's all about who we are in Christ, or really who Christ is. And if you remember, when we looked at this passage, they were dealing with people saying, oh, it's not enough. You need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do yada, 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 right? And he's saying, no, all you need is Jesus. And then it goes on, well, What I like to do on our main ideas or main thoughts of of a passage or a sermon even when we're looking over a passage is, well, what is it saying about what it's talking about? So our sufficient Savior, really when we look in this book, we learn that He gives us all we need to live for Him. And we could say He gives us all we need, but it's not just about all we need for what we want But it's to live a godly life, especially when we get into chapter 3, the end of chapter 2. You know, in chapter 3 we talk about mortifying or murdering or killing the dead, our dead self or the sin that's in us and living for Him. Or it's talking about how we put off the old man and put on the new, right? Right? So, I just want to, in your bulletin insert, there is a outline, and then there's a chart. And if you ever feel like you want to, you know, delve into this and and be studious, you can do your own charts, graphs. A lot of times in your study Bibles, they have an outline. You go through and you see these subtitles. Oh, this, that's kind of their outline. Okay? And that's what we're going to do now. So, next slide here. We're breaking down the titles of the messages, and those titles hopefully give us an indication Well, what does each passage talk about, okay? And then also I want to include uh, what we have would be the main ideas, okay? And so as you look through this, we're going to go through, go ahead, next slide, Josh. We're going to look over the main ideas of these passages, okay? And so... We, we can break it down in four sections, right? In the four sections, we see, first of all, verses 1 through 14, the greeting. But when we looked at this, Jesus is the answer, okay? So you've heard, that, heard me say that already today, haven't you? When I talk about Jesus is sufficient. But Jesus is the answer for everything. Everything. There's no exclusions. And so, in the greeting in verses one, one through two, um, we see the, the the very beginning, the introduction to Colossians. And and when we look at this, we could say the answer. And we studied this, and we talked about the and, and we learned. And as we began this, it was way back in the spring of this year. And and I don't know. Sometimes I try to go faster. It's just not my nature. I'm sorry. So here we're at the end of Colossians, half a year or later, longer. And if you could remember back, it was about the time of Rodeo Bible Camp and about the time we had many other things. It just seems like since uh, the end of 2019 to the present day that there's just a lot of stuff in the news. And if you remember, I believe that's about the time that we saw the Iron Dome over Israel. And then there were also, if I remember right, I brought up uh, that in Africa they had a lot of locusts and a lot of other things taking place. And we could say, oh, if you look at all the world, I could just, whew, wiggy out, right? But we come to Colossians and we see that the answer to current events is to stand firm in Jesus. And so very, at the very top here, uh, we broke that sermon down. And you say two verses and Pastor Lee had to take two Sundays on that one uh, portion of Scripture. And so the second Sunday we came back and we talked about how God's Word encourages us to walk in our sufficient Savior. We could say that's very similar. Yes, it is. We need to understand that Jesus is all we need, but we have to have that relationship with him. If we're not in the word, if we're not spending time in prayer, why would we expect that we are able to endure it like a boss or, you know, someone who has, has great confidence? And so... We went on from there in verse, and we're trying to fly over this, okay? We're trying to just go over this real quick as a review. We looked at the second portion of the first set, and we saw how the Colossians, in their new faith, um, they were to pray for one another. And so in verses 3 through 14, we looked at how the believer must purposefully pray to the Lord for others. It is Extremely important for us to be in prayer for one another. Next slide, please. And so we find in the book of Colossians, even at the very beginning, a strong appeal to see that our total focus should be on Jesus, who is, and you could probably guess about what I'm going to say, more than sufficient. He's more than sufficient. And so during the difficult days, who do we turn to? Well, it should be Jesus, right? Next slide. As we fly along, we began not only in the introduction and throughout the whole book, we find that it teaches doctrine. And we we can classify that doctrine to the right teaching in verses fifteen through chapter two, verse seven. But in verse 13, so we backed up just a little bit, okay? <laughs> we backed up just a little bit and a little crossover here in the this, this second section of doctrine from the first section, the introduction. We see the preeminence of Christ from verse 13 through 23. And the preeminent Messiah is the believer's comfort and stability in a difficult world. And so this section really delved into the reality of who Jesus is and why we can trust that He is sufficient. Remember? And we also discussed how those given peace with God should stand firmly in their privileged relationship. And the focus there was that privileged, privileged relationship that we are blessed with that oftentimes we take for granted then in 24 through chapter 2 verse 5 we looked at how jesus's ministry through paul to the church what well, we looked at that his ministry uh, through paul to the church in Colossian, of the colossians and as we looked at that we saw how those given peace with god should stand firmly in their privileged relationship i think i crossed over on that sorry about that in my notes we looked at christ in you the hope of glory remember that verse christ in you the hope of glory and what does that mean or well, practically we should see how we can be joyful people who labor preaching to other believers and to the world if we understand Oh, we have the Lord Jesus, and He has us. And this means we have the hope of glory. The things in this world and the, and the events of this world may weigh heavy on us. Uh, we should have a great attitude marching towards doing what the Lord has called us to do, understanding that He is still involved and He cares deeply about the current events of this world. And He is still involved in the current events of this world. And He wants to use you. If we lose that, that understanding that we have the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory, when we lose hope, we can wake up in the morning and not even really care to get out of bed. It's far too easy to be depressed, isn't it? But hope draws us out of the doldrums, as the old folks would have said. But moving along, next slide. Just remember, you know, if we have right thinking, we can have the right living. But stinking thinking leads to stinking living, right? Remember me saying that? Right thinking leads to right living. Stinking thinking leads to stinking living. And so we've got to keep our mind on the Lord Jesus Christ because He is sufficient. And we have all we need. Don't we? Next one, Josh. So on the heels of the right thinking is the right living. The practical. The application. In chapter 2, verse 8 through 4, 6. Again, in 8 through 15, we see how Jesus, see up there, Jesus is all we need. Stand firm because Jesus is all we need. A recurring theme. Then we looked at the real deal. So, the believer's prize is simply trusting their glorious Savior. What does that mean? It's about like when we mentioned and stated that We need to understand we have a privileged relationship. Part of our prize is that we have a wonderful, sufficient, glorious Savior who walks with us through life. But our prize is simply to trust in our wonderful, glorious Savior. And so we need to set our eyes. We looked at verse 1 and 2. Set your sight and so, a solid foundation requires a right focus. And one of those, since I believe 2019, um, the the uh, Sight and Sound Theater came out with their their play production, and I first saw it uh, in 2021. Maybe it was, what is this year? This is 21. It's 2020. 2020. I, I'm skipping a year. <laughs> We didn't have our Easter regular Easter service out here because of COVID, and they showed uh, the sight and sound theater. And I just I I just keep thinking back during all of this time, you know Psalm twenty three, which we'll probably come back and look at next Sunday. But we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and Peter, when Jesus said, "Come on out," Peter's walking out on the the water. And it's kind of probably like a valley of the shadow of death. If you look to the sides, waves crashing around you or around him, right? He takes his eyes off of the Lord Jesus and he begins to sink. And so if you don't keep your eyes on Jesus, you can begin to sink in life. And so we have to set our sight on the Lord Jesus. We need to have the right focus. And so... We, I split this up, four verses into two sermons again. Set your sight and then the right sight. Set your life right by having your mind set on Christ. It's very similar. In verse 5 through 11, we talked about the new life. The new life in Christ must produce Christ-like living. If we truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we're walking with Him, we're going to follow Him and obey Him. Right? And we began to talk about what the Scripture said here in Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 5 and following. Consider, therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to certain things, right? Sin. And then you go down and, and we find in verse 10, you put on the new self. And so it talks about, we have this theology, now we have the practical. Now we have the application, The new life. And so, it it should produce Christ-like living. Get rid of the world's way of doing things. Get rid of and don't succumb to the fleshly desires. We have this, this, this problem where we are now new in Christ. We're a new people in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been born again. But yet we still struggle with the old desires so it talks about that. And it's a sweet new life. It's not just a new life in Christ. It's a sweet new life in Christ. Which, as you look through those verses, it talks about the wondrous blessings that we have. It all began in chapter 3, verse 1, where we set our minds on the things above, right? Really on Jesus Christ. Now we get to verse 18 through 4-1 about faithful families and how living for Jesus Christ will cause us to live differently in our culture. Won't it? If there's nothing different between us and our community, if they can't see Christ in us, Are we really walking with Christ? And that, you know, some communities have a a harder, uh, are struggling a lot more than maybe our community. Maybe we think our community's doing too good, and it's not. Right? We can see all the good things going on. But if we're living a life like the world says to live it, they're not going to see a difference. So we want to proclaim the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it, in, it includes and it begins in the households. And so live the new life as faithful families to, to bless the world for the Lord's glory. And, it be, and then it goes on into our workplace. And of course for them it was master, servant, slave. Whether you're the boss for us, application the boss or the servant. Are we serving the Lord? Are we living for the Lord? Are we doing it for His glory? And then in chapter 4, verse 2 through 6, the mission. Be disciplined soldiers who are engaged in the mission. So, So as we break down the chart, okay, down here the mission 4, 2 through 6, we really kind of rolled it over into specific people in the conclusion of the book that Paul mentions who were engaged in the mission. Great examples for the most part of people who were serving with Paul and serving for the benefit of the Colossians and the Colossian church and the church of Laodicea. So we ended, right, with the servant credits. Kind of like the movie credits at the end of a movie. You know, I read an obituary this week of someone not from the Arnold community. It said a lot of great things, and it went for a long time. It was a long, long obituary. But it said one little thing about the person's possible faith. Now, if I pass away, please put more in about the Lord than me. I don't know. May, or at least that I love the Lord Jesus Christ and I tried to serve him even if I'm, I was very, very flawed. You can put that in. You can say I was very, very flawed. But it had all these things about what this person loved. A lot of things I love. I could have been that person's buddy. Nothing about the Lord. And so when we look at the servant credits and the mission, if someone was to write an obituary, a truthful obituary about us, would they think enough to think it's important to to them if they cared about what we wanted? You know, we're dead, we're gone. We'll do whatever we want, right? Have you ever heard that? would they think that it was important to you to include your walk and your love for the Lord Jesus Christ, who you thought was everything? Would they? And so, when we look at this, one of the the overarching ideas and thoughts from Colossians that I got, it is a time that we live in But throughout church history, you look, hey, we've had it pretty good. Even with COVID, even with a lot of this stuff, the church in the United States anyway, we've had it pretty good. Elsewhere, maybe it's different. So I believe we could say for any church at any time, the idea and the concept that no matter what's going on, and and here we see specifically that they are saying, hey, you guys need to have more... For your faith otherwise you really really are you saved if you think jesus is all you need but when we look at the times when we look at the difficulties we see out of colossians that even in the midst of great peril great suffering great times where we may be very fearful we should come back and say jesus jesus is all that i need You know, John MacArthur says uh, in conclusion, that sums up the message of Colossians. Salvation is by grace through faith in the all-sufficient Christ, not through human works advocated by false teachers. But I want to challenge you to believe and understand and to use uh, in your daily lives is that Jesus is your sufficient Savior and He gives you all that you need What? Why? So that you can live for Him. And so if we go back to that question, what would people include in your obituary? Would they think that your faith was a huge part of your life? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You. We thank You for all that You've done. And Lord, some of us, it's, it's been a tougher year than for others. And we, we, we know that you're sufficient. But sometimes we wonder, well, why, Lord? Um, help us to, to not only trust in the reality that you are powerful and you are able, but that your purpose and your plan is perfect. And no matter the difficulties that we're going through, we can continue to trust in you. And the provisions that You give us are more than adequate. And we thank You for those. As we draw near to thanksgiving, help us not to overlook the blessings that we have. But also, Lord, those who are seeing great success during these days, help them not to lose sight of You. And Lord, help us all to have this great hope and have a great purpose Whether the days are difficult or the days are really great, we see great blessing. Help us to have great hope and great purpose in these days. We ask that you would guide and direct us in the week to come. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs)